Cheers, sir. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, Proper old man clink right there. (laughs) What did you make for us? Well, so, since it is uh, colder than a witch's tit out here right now, (laughs) uh, we got the Weber, I got a Weber grill out here with charcoal, a little fire next to us. Help keep us warm out here, and so I decided to make some coffee uh, tonight for the podcast. So I we're having a little uh, Harry and David. It's uh, I believe it is the milk chocolate mousse mm. coffee. Uh, we each have a little bit of just some like regular vanilla creamer, and then you have some Doughball whiskey <laughs> in yours, and I have some good old fashioned just Irish whiskey, a little Jameson in my coffee. It's some good choices, and it tastes pretty damn good. Yeah, it's uh, definitely hitting the spot for right now for, for how chilly it is. Yeah. So. And I, uh, I picked us up some acid toast cigars. I, I noticed that the second I cut it and just started to take a drag, I was like, oh, it's got a little sweet tip on it. Just, just yep. how I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect when I need a promotion. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Coffee and cigar is an underrated combo. Oh, it's it, an amazing one. Uh, I don't get the chance to do it like I used to. Mm-hmm. But every now and then, I, there was a point in time. So this is obviously before I started started dating the wife. So when I was single, there was times where I'd get up in the morning, and I would do I would do like I wouldn't do coffee. Cause I didn't really start drinking coffee until mm-hmm. I met her. But I would do I would do the old fashioned energy drink and a cigar in the morning. Mm-hmm. Probably not the best thing for me at the time. Uh, but I have done I have have since done a couple times before Gary got here. I've done uh, coffee and cigar in the morning. And that's a that's like a good old like Cuban Cuban thing. Like they if you ever see guys who are rolling cigars in Cuba and stuff like that, Dominican Republic, any of those places, if like it's early in the morning, you'll see them sipping on some dark coffee and they'll be uh, smoking a cigar while they roll cigars. It's kind of cool. So uh, I, I do love me some, uh, some coffee and cigar. That is the dream. (laughs) That is an art form Mm -hmm. to watch people who really know what they're doing. Uh, roll a cigar, man. And it's just so effortless. Like is they have, they have a, for people who don't know, like your cigar is really, it's three ingredients. It's a, a little bit of water that is actually what goes into growing the tobacco. Mm-hmm. It's to, it's tobacco leaf. And then to put the cap on, it's just like a little bit of like vegetable glue. It's called pectin, like a little pectin glue. That's all there is on a cigar. <laughs> and so when someone's rolling a cigar, the outside of it is the high quality. It's like it's the good leaf. So the, the wrap is the good leaf. And the fill is just is literally that. It's all the tobacco that they have that's not good enough to be the wrapper. And so when you watch them do it, it's like they'll just take some of that, they crunch up some of the fill, you know, get it, they get the fill almost like they crunch it up so it looks like a cigar. And then how they roll the wrap around it, man, it's just, it's effortless. It's so, it, and there was, the first time I ever saw it in person was at the cigar convention in Vegas. And I can't remember what company had, but some company had, uh, someone out there just hand like they were just hand rolling cigars. They weren't giving them out. They were just like doing a demonstration. But man, I was like that. That's cool. That is an art form. So, cigar and coffee yeah. go together. 
<laughs> go together like Bills losing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of which, uh, actually, before we get going, usually I have my dough ball phrase, but last couple of times we've been in, I just bring a joke with me, a very stupid joke, <laughs> and uh, I've, I've got one ready to go <clears throat> All right, let's for hear such it. occasion. So the sky was looking ominous, so I asked Siri, Surely it's not going to rain today. And she replied, Yes, it is. And don't call me Shirley. That's when I realized I left my phone on airplane mode. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering where you were going with that. I was like, this is an airplane joke. And all of a sudden, man, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. That's a that's a solid dad joke. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of that one. <laughs> that's a great movie. That's just like one of those that's an old excellent movie. One of those old school movies that I think is just, you know, like it's not one of those where I say like you couldn't make it today, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's underappreciated today. Like when you hear people talk about like the old school comedies that like were great from the 80s and 90s, I don't feel like airplanes mention that often. I feel like. Especially 80s movies, I think a lot of them are kind of being underrated or forgotten. Like, 90s still get some appreciation, but yeah, something like Airplane definitely doesn't get the respect. And I, like, even I told that joke to Kayla, and she just looked at me, and I'm like, never mind. <laughs> so I'm guessing she's never seen Airplane. She has not. So that one, yeah, that one probably fell pretty flat. That is a, that's a great joke, though. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love that movie. Like, in like the, the class of movies like that, like planes, trains, and automobiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about a lot of like John Candy movies, like Uncle right. Buck. You know, Uncle you know, Buck. you know what is an underrated John Candy movie? There's a movie that he made with, um, oh man, I can't remember. Is it Ratner? I can't remember if he made it with her or not. It's called Canadian Bacon. Oh God, yes. I freaking. Love that movie. It's funny because so many people haven't seen that, but the people that have, it's like to- a top ten for. Them. Oh, like Alan Alda is like the, is the president that no one likes. Yeah. Oh God, it's such a. I mean, you know, it starts off great. I'll give away the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> so essentially, John Candy and his partner are they're sheriff's officers or some sort of law enforcement, and they live in a town where. They just shut down the weapons manufacturing plant there because this is at a time during the Cold War, right? Right when we're getting out of the Cold War, so uh, this movie is based upon you know now we're shutting down weapons plants everywhere, and so people in the town are jumping off the town bridge, committing suicide, and the news report says that the local uh, the local sheriff's department are are being given fifty dollars for anyone who can talk someone out of jumping, and a hundred dollars for anyone who fishes them out of the water. And it immediately jump cuts to John Candy and his partner. At the bottom, they had these two big fishing nets, and they're like, jump! (laughs) 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 Oh, God, what a great movie. Yeah. And um, uh, what is the, what's the name of that comic, the guy who has, like, really, like, no tone, like, he just is very unenthusiastic, has, like, you know, the jokes like, I, uh, I put spot remover on my dog, and now, now I can't. He's gone. Now he's gone. Um, um, I can't think of his name right now. I always mix him up with. Uh, 
Why can I not remember his... There we go. It's not Robert Schimmel. No. He kind of does that, too. Schimmel did have that kind of a deadpan, but it's just, yeah. like, straight deadpan. Like, the second, like, you hear him do a, do any type of bit, you recognize him immediately. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, that guy. Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright. God. I feel terrible. I, I know, because he's I really funny. Name. He but, is great. He's got... I think one of my favorites was when he said, my wife is a trophy wife, just not a first place one. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a, that's a great, like, it's funny, like, you know, uh, we'll talk about this a little, little later, but, uh, you know, there's been a recent, uh, recent comedian who did an interview who definitely uh, threw some shade on a lot of people. <laughs> and part of his shade was on a couple of comedians who were, apparently known joke thieves of his mm-hmm. and it's funny because like that first that that joke is like it's not a it's a great way to like look on a very common like joke like it's Rodney Dangerfield joke like take my wife please yeah it's like a great like offshoot of that yes it's perfect and you know uh I, don't know, I just I love I love Stephen Wright I it pisses me off I never remember his name yeah it bothers me that I was just sitting there I'm like there have been so many times where I, you know I tell people I'm like if you've never heard him you got to go listen to him because yeah. for someone like me that was doing stand-up using a lot of short jokes one-liners like that's one of the guys you listen to and you try to get you know motivated to write stuff like that oh right. oh he was also the guy on the couch in half-baked right that's right I was like I was trying to think because yeah, in that movie he plays a mountie which is hilarious <laughs> for him to play a mountie yeah. so is it January oh man it's <laughs> August <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, so. Uh, what's the other one I liked to his? Yeah. Oh, I used to work at a fire hydrant factory, but I got fired because I could never figure out where to park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy is gold. He, yo, uh, he was on a, he was on an episode of uh, Rogan, probably like last year sometime. I listened to it, and he kind of even talks. Like, yeah. like that's just Talks like exactly like that. that's just really him. Yeah, I remember they were talking about. It. He said early on in his career, like he tried to be like more upbeat, you know, because I think when he got started in the '80s, like guys who were a little more upbeat were usually a little more successful, and like his like that style of comedy wasn't really working. And he tried to be like that, and everyone's like, "That's not you, man! Like you're you're never going to pull that off." And then yeah, he just uh, he just went with it and. Made himself a nice little thirty or forty year career out of right. it. Right, so. didn't do too bad. When I started off comedy, I was trying to like listen to other people, taking all the advice I could, and uh, yeah, and it was kind of one of those. After a little bit, it's like that's, that's definitely not like I don't feel like I'm being me. And then yeah, I go to it because people be like, "Oh, you got to be uppity. You got to do physical comedy." The fuck I do. <laughs> I don't do anything physical. <laughs> physical part is me going up the steps. <laughs> And that's where it ends. <laughs> well, yeah, I love that guy. But yeah, those, like, the Canadian Bacon. If you haven't seen Canadian Bacon, find it somewhere. I'm sure if you have, like, a Roku or an Amazon, like, Fire Stick or something like that, go to any of those free movie channels that, the, that you know, any of the 30 or 40 of them you can download. Yeah. And I bet you Canadian Bacon will be there somewhere. Absolutely. It's, just, it's such a... It's such a funny movie, and it really is like a movie of its time. Cause it's um, because when did John Candy die? I want to feel like it was like mid nineties. Like I want to say ninety five. I was like it was just before uh, think, Farley, right? Like it wasn't too far off from Farley, right? Yeah, I think 
Furley might have been a couple years after. Yeah, I thought he was 97, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I feel like Candy was 95 because I think one of his last movies was Cool Runnings, which was 94. <laughs> cool Runnings. That's a that's a solid movie, too. Rise and shine, Coach. It's Bob Said time. <laughs> that's a solid movie, too. But, yeah. It's a great movie. John Candy, great. It's always funny because he had, like, a lot of, like, bit parts in a lot of movies, too, where, like, his bit part was really funny because, like, he was the... Um, was he the security officer or just like a random dude at the park at in uh, vacation? Oh, because he's he's the guy right. at whatever Wally World or yeah. what or whatever the yeah Wally World yeah he was like he wasn't a security op he was just he would just happen to be there right I think so yeah it's been so long since I've seen that and one. then he was um here's funny in Home Alone remember he was in that too the Polka King yeah the Polka King Polka Polka no <laughs> nothing let me some John Candy man. He was a good dude. Yeah. So uh, this weekend we got some uh, we got some playoff games. We do have some playoff games. So I'm bringing up because I did a little uh, prediction. Ah. And, so uh, before we get to that, how, how did your Super Bowl prediction work? Is it working out? I forgot. <laughs> is there a chance that you'll have either one of your teams get there? There is just below a one percent chance. <laughs> If 30 teams all get in a bus crash in the next couple of days, there's a chance. Yeah, my uh, Vikings-Bengals prediction, you know, I, I mean, obviously I could have gone for, like, easy top seeds, mm-hmm. like Chiefs-Niners. Yeah, Chiefs-Niners, that's a good yeah. one. That's looking But okay. I'm like, you know what, I was like, this is going to be the year where some teams are going to start pulling out. Like, I felt like the Chiefs were going to drop off this year, which they did. Which they have. I'm, but, not, I'm not feeling too confident about the Chiefs part of that. Yeah, but when it comes to playoff time, like, you know, I'll, I'll take experience over, you know, the hot up-and-coming teams. Yeah. They hate to be that dad, but defense wins championships. Defense wins championships. I mean, let's be real. Last year in the NFC Championship game, if the Niners don't just don't have a quarterback, the game's a lot closer and – I said the Niners would have won. I mean, if they had a quarterback that could throw. Yeah, if they had a quarterback. It still boggles my mind that when he gets hurt and he he just couldn't throw. Like, why do you keep handing the ball off? Like, get, like McCaffrey played quarterback for a little bit. Like, he could have easily thrown a few. But like anything, instead of just keep running and passing it and just basically like gave up. Yeah, run run plays and screen passes. Yeah. You know, uh, that, that's what they were running there. Yeah, that yeah, was awful. It's, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not too confident on my Chiefs pick. I don't know what is going on with them, like why they can't figure it out. Like, like I understand why their offense isn't quite as good. Like, listen, you traded away Tyreek Hill, you know. Right. Tra- I mean, let's be real. Travis Kelsey is getting up there in age, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's not a spring chicken anymore. You know, so teams know that they can key on him. Yeah, and the guys around him just aren't making plays like Kadarius Tony. That guy is a <laughs> man. I, that that dude that dude is like that dude is proof that you can just like fail upwards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's also proof that the Chiefs have no one else on that team that can play receiver. Because mm-hmm. if you had a guy who was playing consistently that bad, you would just bench him or cut him. But they right. can't. And not only not only have they not cut him, they are still playing him. Yeah. So you know that they're in a tough spot, you know, offensively. Just their defense is pretty good. You know, they with that Tyree Kill trade, they have 
moved up and they have gotten defensive players, signed defensive guys. So their defense is pretty good, but defense is getting good, but that offense is which is nowhere near what they feared hmm. they used to be. So I feel pretty good still about the Niner pick. I'm not um, I'm not 100 percent on uh, the Chiefs making it all the way through. Yeah, yeah. I would. Uh, I well, I guess when we talk about these picks, I'll, I'll probably tell you who I would rather have over them. But <laughs> yeah. So uh, you got the uh, got the schedule up here. Yes, I do. All right. Well, let's uh, let's roll through them. All right. So we got. Uh, we'll start with the AFC. We got Browns and Texans. Ooh, Browns? which is kind of one of those like that's that's a matchup I'm looking forward to. What do you got? You know, it's tough because my first thought is, like, they're in Houston. You know, Cleveland won the game before, but Stroud wasn't playing. But now Stroud's playing, but it's like, and I hate to be the guy, but defense wins championships. And you've got, you know, some experience behind Flacco. There's a lot of experience in Flacco. So I'm going to take the Browns. I'm slight upset. One, I don't even know, I don't even, I don't even know if that's an upset. I feel like the Browns are a better team than them. I, I mean, think so. I I think they're the last time I checked, the Texans were three point like three or two point favorites. But I think just because they're the home team. And so technically, so if they're if they're a two point, let's say if they're a two point favorite or two and a half, that's Vegas saying they think the Browns are a better team because you get three points for being at home, right? Is that the standard? I believe so. The yeah. standard is three points. I you know what? Listen, Flacco, you know whatever the dude was on his couch earlier this year. The guy can obviously play, still play quarterback. Yeah. And well, put it this way, at least he's better than any sack of asshole they have <laughs> else in that locker room cuz good god. I mean, let's let's be real. Joe Flacco has experience playing with a really good defense. Yes. Like, you know, and at this point you're not asking Flacco to win games for you. You're asking him to put the team in good enough positions that the defense can go ahead and win the game and I think uh, I I don't think that I think the the Browns will win by double digits. I think oh. they I think they are just I mean, we're talking C.J. Stroud, rookie, you know, first you know playoff game, and he's going yeah. against which is if if they're not the best defense in the league, they're the second best defense in the league. Yeah, I mean that it's a tough one. And yeah, when you've got a rookie QB, like he's, I just feel like it's going to be too much for him. Yeah. Like. He'll get some plays in, but with that defense, or yeah. it'll be a shutdown for sure. Right, and I, I think and I think the Browns probably understand. They understand what the what the goal is here. Is hey, you know what? We're gonna <laughs> let's limit how many times the Texans get to touch the ball. Yes, you know they're probably the Browns are gonna run the ball a lot, a lot of ball control, and you know even if even if uh, the Texans defense plays good, I don't I don't think. Uh, the Texas offense has what it takes to get past the Browns, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. take the Browns on that one too. Yeah, and you know I'm uh, I'm checking, and uh, the Browns are now a two and a half point favorite, so the spread has completely changed. That's interesting. It's that it's changed what? So you saw it what two and a half or three? That's a five point swing almost. Yeah. Wow, that's and that's when it opened up. Yeah. But I think yeah, maybe they're like okay. <laughs> what, what's the uh? What's the old rule? So if you want to take a, if you want to take a favorite, you take it at the what is it? Is it you take a favorite at the beginning of the week or you take a favorite at the end of the week? I remember a favorite at the begin. Well, no, it wouldn't be at the begin. Well, actually, I have to think about this now. I think it is because 
you take the favorite at the beginning of the week because the line will move. Most people will bet the favorite. Right. And the line moves towards the favorite. Yes. And if you want to bet an underdog, you wait till the end of the week because then the, mo- the line is moved. But That's right. That's apparently has, uh, <laughs> that apparently did not work in this case. <laughs> All right. So I'm taking the Browns. And then the, and you said the Browns. Yeah, for sure. So then the next game is Dolphins at Chiefs. And, you know, it's one of those... Dolphins were a good team the first half of the year. Yeah. Second half, they've looked very beatable. Chiefs, as we just covered, you know, aren't the elite team that they have been. But now with the weather conditions, yeah, being at home, I just feel like it's... Like, I just looked, and the over-under is uh, 44 on that game. And I will put all the money I have in the world on the under. <laughs> if the conditions are what they're going to be, it's going to yeah. be one of those, like, you know, 10-7 or 13-6 yeah. game kind of thing. But I will – I am I stick with the Chiefs on that one. Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, I got Chiefs on that, too. I think um, I think the Chiefs are going to be a little more equipped for a game like that. Mm-hmm. One thing that people may not know is the Dolphins have a lot of injuries. Like, yeah. they're not – they I, I think Chubb is out. Chubb, yeah, Chubb. I think Chubb's out for the whole season. Yeah, he's out for all well, of Well, I it. shouldn't say the whole season, but he ain't coming back anytime soon. Yeah. So Chubb's hurt. They're hurt up up front. The one thing that Miami... One thing you need in games like that is you need to have... You need to be able to control the line of scrimmage because you're going to run the ball a lot. Uh, and they just... They're real good side to side. They're not real good running at you. Yeah. And I think the Chiefs are just too fast on defense. I think... And on top of that, they're used to that weather. And, you know, mm-hmm. Miami, you know, right now it's probably like 50 or 60 degrees in Miami, not one degree. Yeah. So, yeah. and honestly, chill making it 30 below. And, it, and at this point, the Chiefs are still a better team than them. And they're at home. Mahomes has all that experience playing at home. I, you you got to go with the Chiefs. Yeah. It's one of those, like, uh, the more I look at it, I just think Miami's just going to be a dud there. And, you know, maybe next year – They'll be more of a contender, but yeah, right now there's no way they get by. Miami is a couple of really good, like, kind of bully offensive linemen away from being almost impossible to stop. Yes. So then we move to Steelers at Bills. Go ahead, you. <laughs> uh, you know, I, uh, I'm happy we made the playoffs. I'm happy the Steelers made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's always nice. Real quick, uh, pet peeve here. All the people who are asking for Mike Tomlin to be fired, are stupid. you people are fucking morons. <laughs> the man went 10-7 and seven with Kenny fucking Pickett, <laughs> Mason Rudolph the Red-Nosed Pick Machine, and Mitchell Not the Truth Trubinsky. The dude won 10 games with that that group of dickheads. He's going to the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, you know, I don't know if they still give out the, the key to the city. <laughs> and if he hasn't got it yet, he should get it for that. You won 10 games with that, with that group of assholes. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> that being said, the Bills are a better team. However, the Bills, I think they're... I feel like the Bills fall into that category of the teams that they play down and they play up to their competition. Right. You know... The Steelers' defense is real good, and as we found out in the playoffs, sometimes a defense is all you need. Yep. I would love, love, love to say the Steelers grab an upset here. I just, 
in the playoffs, while well, it's nice to have it's really nice to have a good defense. It's really nice to have a quarterback who can play too. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bills. I I think it's closer than people think it'll be, just because the Steelers' defense can keep keep people in games. I just think at the end of the day, I think their offense is just too anemic, and I don't. I just think at some point the Bills will just kind of pull away. Yeah, I I have the under on this game, and when I took the under, it was at 48. I kind of feel like the first half it's going to be. It'll be close. It won't be high scoring in the beginning. But I feel like the second half, Bills is one of those the better team will prevail. You know, eventually right. they'll show up. I think it'll be close, but yeah, the Bills will start pulling away by maybe a, you know, two score lead, and that'll kind of be the end of it. But yeah, I, I don't think it'll be a complete blowout, but I, I definitely like the Bills in that one. This, it's where I see where the game is close. Mm-hmm. The Steelers' defense is keeping them in it, and then the offense makes a huge gaffe. Where they'll turn the ball over like inside their own red zone or something like yeah inside their own twenty yeah where you know the Bills can pick up a cheap touchdown and then that just kind of catapults them you know I feel like that's something stupid like that's going to happen where I feel like the offense is just going to completely just shit the bed just mm-hmm. you know that's just so unfortunately that's what happens when you have those guys at quarterback you know yep but so then we'll we'll just go ahead and stick with the AFC so you and I made all our uh, made all the same picks. So then we move to Browns at the Ravens in the divisional matchup. I don't know about you, but this is one I tossed and turned. I said, you know what? There's got to be upsets. Like, you can't... You know, it's funny because I hear all these people doing their predictions and everyone's like, Ravens, Niners. And I'm like, well, that's boring. (laughs) Like, yeah, if you, on paper, that's absolutely the matchup. But that's why they play the game. That's why they play the games. It doesn't always happen. I feel like the Browns' defense shuts down quarterbacks. They're the best matchup against the Ravens, I think, they're, for all of them. They're the one I think they're the team that has the best shot at taking them down. So I'm gonna take the Browns to upset the Ravens. I think Lamar just continues his struggles in the postseason. Yeah. Um I think this I think this is gonna be the Ravens year. Like week seven, I remember I remember telling uh my wife, I was like I'm like, I know you don't want to hear this because this happens a lot to, you know, <laughs> teams that we like but I think the I think the Ravens are the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. I think they're better I think they're better than the Eagles, think they're better than the Niners. Yeah. I think they're the best team. So and I just don't think Joe Flacco is going to beat the Ravens. <laughs> I just I don't know what it is or something there's like a gut feeling. Yeah. I don't have any evidence or any proof or any stats right. that that can go about that but, but do you think he gets a little bit extra oomph for playing his old team. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, that'll be that'll probably be the that would be the best game in the AFC, Ravens Browns. It's just yeah. two really really good teams, you know. And you know, I mean, Lamar Jackson's the MVP, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. we're, we're not we're not going to talk about other people, right? Like, no. is there anyone better than him right now? I would say Lamar gets the MVP, but I feel like it could potentially be Brock. I would a uh, hundred. A hundred thousand percent disagree with Brock getting the MVP, but I feel like that's where it's gonna go. I feel like if anyone gets it from them, it should be uh, CMC. You got that right. <laughs> I was like, but I feel he's like the, he's that, the best player on that team. That team is so complete that I don't think he's the most valuable. I think he's if they gave out an award for the luckiest player. <laughs> but I feel like you know the way they've made him look, they're gonna give it to, like I'm completely behind you that Lamar should win the MVP, but I feel like the MVP would go to Brock. Think so? 
I think they give it to. Oh them. man, you want to watch the, you want to watch people just flip out on TV because yeah, I don't. You know it, how how do you how do you give it to Brock over Lamar? He Lamar's Lamar's had his best season ever. I mean yeah. the guy is unbelievably so good. To go back, who I think would win that game, I would have. I'd have the Ravens beating the Browns on that. I just, um, I don't think anyone could beat the Ravens. I, I think at this point, like if you told me who I thought was going to win the Super Bowl, I think the Ravens win the Super Bowl. Mm. I just, I don't think there's anyone better. The only thing that can hold them back is their coach. Yeah. <laughs> and him just making some dumb decisions. <laughs> yeah, real. we'll see. So then that leaves the other one at, uh, it would be, I believe the, I have to remember. It'd be the Chiefs and at the Bills, or is it at Kansas City? No, it'd be Chiefs. I think it, the Bills had the higher. The seed. Bills are the two seed because the when they when they played against the the Dolphins. That's right, Miami. It was winner gets two, loser gets seven. Yeah, That's so right. it'll be it'd be so the yeah, Chiefs, it'd be Chiefs at, at the Bills. Bills, and I have the Bills winning that. I'd have the Bills winning that too. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, Josh Allen's been uh, obviously, you know, we thought he was going to beat. Uh, Mahomes last time, and 13 seconds later, <laughs> tied it up. I feel like this is a year where Bills finally run him over, and they okay. finally end Mahomes' streak of making making the Super Bowl. I mean, I think he's made the AFC Championship every year. He's been the starting quarterback. I think you're. I think you're right. So I think the first year it was you know he took over halfway through. Right, right. But then after that, yeah, I think he's made the AFC Championship every time since. So we both take the Bills. So it's either Bills at Ravens or Browns at Bills, as I predicted. So I would have, I think the Ravens are going to the Super Bowl, yeah. so I'm going to take so the Ravens. So you take them. Yeah. And I'm going to say Bills and Browns, Bills win that game. Oh, you got the Bills going, I huh? got the Bills going to the Super Bowl. I, if you would have told me about midway through the season, they said not a chance. But I feel like the last few games they played, it was like the right time to start playing correctly. And I feel mm. like... They'll beat the Steelers. That kind of keeps the momentum. They finally get their win over the Chiefs. And after they get that win, then it's like, we can beat the... I feel like the reason they'll get into the Super Bowl is the Ravens losing before they get to the AFC Championship. Because I think if you had Bills-Ravens, like, Ravens crush them. Yeah. But I feel like the Browns, because the Browns beat the Ravens, that's how the Bills are going to make it into the Super Bowl. And uh, real quick, uh, Allen didn't make the championship game in that year against the Chiefs, that was a divisional game because then the Chiefs played the Bengals in the championship game. That's right. Yeah. So other, so he's made it other than that. Yeah. Well, Mahomes, I was saying, has made the... Oh, Mahomes. I thought, yeah. talking, I thought you were talking about Allen. Sorry. But you're right. I yeah. did think that was the ASU championship. That was divisional. All right. So we move over to the NFC. So the Monday matchup will be Bucks at Eagles. First of all, how do you oh, feel? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Excuse me. It's Eagles at Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Here, excuse me. So, real quick, how do you feel about a Monday night playoff game? <laughs> I don't like it. Weird, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm okay with it because you know it'll be a game like the game I can concentrate on, but <sighs> doesn't feel know. right, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll end up liking it, but yeah. Right now, I don't. I don't like it. But to talk about who I think is gonna win that game. Uh, Listen, uh, the Eagles just had a bit of a slide at the end of the season. Yeah. They're still better than the Bucs. They, they're better at every position that's important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go ahead. I think uh, I think the Eagles get back on track, and I think they're going to beat the Bucs. Like, 
listen, Baker Mayfield has has had a pretty good season, mm-hmm. but he's also shown that he's still Baker Mayfield. True. So, for me, uh, and I just feel like the offensive line is better for the Eagles. I feel like the Eagles' defense is better. I just there's not much like with the exception of like the Bucks have the better like which I'd say offensive weapons like at receiver and stuff like that, yeah. running back. They have the better like skill players on offense, but I feel like. The, the weakness in the line and at the quarterback is going to be their downfall. I think it's going to be a very close game. Because, yeah, I feel like the Eagles, up until I made this prediction, I was like, yeah, the Eagles will win. They'll, you know, they'll fix it. Even though there's, I mean, we could go through, you know, players having trouble with each other, like losing the, the team spirit kind of thing. And, you know, how they've just slid, like, you know, first half of the season they look like the unbeatable team like they were going to run it back to the super bowl and i feel like they've just slid off they could get back on track but if i'm actually taking the upset on this one i'm gonna take bucks Bucks. okay i feel like everyone's gonna be like that you guys let the nfc south team take out nfc champions last year and that's kind of what happens is if the team that loses super bowl if they actually make the playoffs they're usually bounced right away like i thought back to saints won the super bowl the next year in the wild card matchup, they lost to the seven and nine Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks. Yeah, on the road. Yep. <laughs> Wait, which, of, which is the same spot that the Eagles are in. They're on the road. Yeah, right and I just kind of feel like it's going to be one of those games where they just can't get into it, and the Bucks are going to pull like really steal one. Even though they're playing at home, uh-huh. I I think they steal that one. I mean, let's be real. I mean, the Eagles are the better team. Yeah. So to have the Bucks win, that would be them stealing a the game. So yeah. Okay. All right. Then we got Rams at Lions. Boy, there's a lot here, right? Like, you know, this, you know, Goff and, uh, you know, Goff playing against his old team. Uh, You know, the Lions. Stafford's return to Detroit. Oh, man. It's a, I think I struggle with this one the most. Because I want to see the Lions make a huge run in the playoffs. I think everyone's been waiting for them to have. A playoff run. I love me some Dan Campbell. Yeah, me too. I, you know what? He's impossible to, to not like. Unless unless you hate fun or like from Tucson or something like that. <laughs> it's impossible to hate that guy. Mm-hmm. But, man, it's like, it's the Lions, man. <laughs> the, you know what? You and I are pretty much on the it's, same spot. It's the Lions. I like have... Campbell. I like the Lions. I like what they've created it, for that team. But it's the Lions, and I feel like it's the, the Rams are going to go in and spoil it. God, this is so hard. I mean, everything points to the Lions winning this game. And not just winning this game, winning it pretty easily. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's the Lions. And I, it's like... It's like the the second that you start to say, you know what, this is when I think this is when the turnaround happens. Here you go, and you bet on them. That's when the Lions do Lions things and just yes. you know shit the bed. Yeah. That being said, I think uh, I have to take the Lions. I I'm just not the Rams to me. Just don't feel like they feel like they they got in because like the rest of the NFC wasn't very good this year. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of mediocrity, and I feel like they're just at the top of the mediocrity. Yeah, the Rams just kind of got in there with anyone 
it didn't feel like they were ever a contender. Right. I never. But there, they made it in. There's never a point where I was like, oh, you know, boy, when the Rams get in there, boy, they are going to be tough to tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, and listen, they got they got great coaching. You know, listen, uh, uh, D line is still pretty good. I mean, they still got you know Aaron Donald. Yeah, you know, as long as he's on there. You know, it. He's a problem. He's. I'm not. I don't not want to take the Lions because the Rams are good. I don't want to take them because the Lions are the Lions. <laughs> But I think I got it too. I think I'm going to have to take the Lions on this one. Yeah. I just, uh, I can't. It's like one of those where you, like, you probably, like, look at this, like, on a fan duel, and you see the Rams are probably, like, plus 300 or something like that. And you're like, it's the Lions. Like, I'm going to put money on it, and this is where you lose money right yep. here. Yeah, I have the, the Rams on the money line. I'm taking them straight up to win. Oh, yeah? But it's like, I want to see the Lions win, but I just, Yeah. In the end, that was my thing. It's the Lions. Like, we want them to do good, but... They, and I kind of feel like the Rams are going to win that game where it's like, there's going to be something controversial. And they'll be like, <laughs> the, only the fucking Lions the, could do this. The Lions have been getting pretty fucked yeah, <laughs> recently. I just, I just feel like it's going to be one of those where it's like, oh, they, they deserve to win that game, but, you know, something happened that cost them. That's what right. I'm going to I'm yeah. gonna get out of that one. Okay. All right. So... I like that the two NFC games we've we've had the yeah, opposite op- teams. Opposite teams. Then we come to uh, Packers at Cowboys. <laughs> Remember you're talking about how like you just you're going to take this team and then they're going to let you down. I feel like if I take the Cowboys, this is exactly what's going to happen. They're going to let me down. Yeah. Um. You know, there's something about the Cowboys where I feel like when they get into adversity, they just kind of like fold. Mm-hmm. It feels like all year, every time they played a good team, they just got spanked. You know what I mean? Or they got put in a tough spot and they didn't play real well. Yeah. That, you know, it was just funny because they won the NFC. <laughs> you know, they, right. won, they won their division. Um, it's just that I'm... Let's look at, you know, the Packers are okay, but the Packers also just snuck in too, right? Like Yeah, they just snuck in. It's, you know, you know Love's first season. Lurs, yeah, his first, you know, he's on the road. Listen, you know, say what you will, hate on, hate on all you want. It's tough to play in Dallas. Yeah, they got great. You know, for them, they have. You know, their fans are going to show up. Um, you know, you don't, you don't get to have any of that home field advantage of it cold and stuff. You're gonna, you're playing in. You know, you're playing in controlled conditions. You know, it's going to be set up for the Cowboys in every which way possible. Yep. I just, uh, I think it. I think at this point, I, I don't think the Packers are ready to win a playoff game. So I, I'll take the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. I... I have the Cowboys winning pretty easily on that one. It's it's tough because, yeah, you're thinking, you know. Green, and I was thinking back, Green Bay plays Dallas usually pretty tough. But mm-hmm. it's usually when they have Rodgers with them. Yeah, Rodgers or Favre. Yeah. I mean, and it's one of those, you know, Green Bay may put up a fight, but I, I feel like it's going to be one of those where once they start making those errors, because, you know, this is new territory for this, this team. Yeah, for yeah, for th- this group of guys. Yeah, I feel like Dallas is just a better all-around team, and I, I think it's going to be like a map. Like, I have to look at line, but I would spread the line. Like, I would give Dallas like maybe minus thirteen. Wow. Okay. I think it's going to be a two-score win for that one. Okay. But yeah, Dallas. Yeah. Dallas all day on that one. So let's see. So now I have to do these different because I had. <laughs> Then the Rams would go the 49ers. I mean. And the Bucks would go to Dallas. 
Now the uh, but you took Lions and Eagles. I took Lions Eagles. So yeah. it should be 49ers Eagles and then Cowboys Lions if that mm. goes that way for Ugh. you. <clears throat> Ugh. I don't like that very much either. <laughs> Which so I have you know if the Rams go and play the 49ers, 49ers are just gonna destroy them. I mean, whoever, because uh, at this point now, I've abandoned my Chiefs pick and gone with the, the Ravens to go. And I think the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I still think the Niners are going to go to the Super Bowl, so I'm going to take the Niners throughout until they get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with those, so I had the, the Eagles would be playing what, the... Uh, uh, so if Eagles the Eagles won, they would play the Niners. Oh, yeah, well, then they get beat by them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then but then I'd have what Lions Cowboys. You oh, have Lions Cowboys. I have Cowboys me. Bucks. Fuck me! How do you pick that game? Right. I'm gonna take the Lions just because I hate the Cowboys <laughs> so much. See, and I say if the Bucks make it to the Cowboys, the Cowboys are gonna win that one. I'd agree because they'll get another home game. So that would leave me with 49ers and Cowboys for the NFC Championship. It would be 49ers Lions for you. Yeah, and I got. I'm still going 49ers. Yeah, and that's. Same with me. So you have 49ers Ravens. Real brave of you. <laughs> okay, I took the Niners at the beginning of the year, okay? True. That's true. <laughs> and you said they'd win the Super Bowl back then. I did say they'd win it then. That was, uh, I mean, listen, the the, ra- the one cr- the one problem that the Ravens have right now is that, you know, love them, hate them, whatever, Harbaugh makes some really dumb decisions. Yeah. <laughs> and... He does sometimes make decisions that that really that really puts his team in difficult spots, and I think I think the only thing that's that's going to beat them is bad coaching or or something like that. So, yeah, no, I mean, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep my uh, my Niners through, and then uh, I'm gonna go with uh, yeah the with Ravens winning yeah. in the Super Bowl. See, I got the. 49ers and the Bills playing in the Super Bowl. Which I think would be one of the most like anticipated matchups if that got in. But you know what's better than me in 0-4? 0-5. 0-5. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't think that game's any bit close. I think the Niners just roll over them. Okay. Well, uh, I would agree with you. If the Niners and Bills get to the Super Bowl, I think the Niners will will handle them. Yeah. I mean, the the only reason that I don't believe that the Niners will win it all is I think, you know, my thing about the Niners was I said, you know, at, at 21 out of 22 positions, I think they're better than anyone else in the league. But when you get them against the Ravens, <laughs> like... Lamar that, versus Brock. Lamar versus Brock is a... And the Ravens are really good at a lot of... I mean, the Niners probably... At those twenty-one out of twenty-two positions, are probably a little bit better. Yeah. But then the huge chasm difference between Lamar and Brock, I think, <laughs> is too much to overcome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, like it's nice. It's nice to have that that D line for the uh, for the Niners. It's super nice. But Lamar just causes like you know Lamar makes it so those guys just can't pin their ears back and go after you because <laughs> you you have you have to mind your lanes you have to mind your assignment mm-hmm. or else like. You know you're gonna you're gonna run upfield a little bit because you think you got him on a seven step drop and all of a sudden he's already eight yards upfield. <laughs> you know you know breaking a thirty yarder on you. Yeah. So uh, that's the only re- that's the only reason I think the Ravens are 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 gonna do. I just think they're just 
they're just better all around than anyone else. So. Yeah, and I think if if Houston wins and they don't have to play Cleveland, then I think the Ravens don't get stopped. I think the it's weird to say, it, but I think Cleveland is the only way the Ravens don't get to the Super Bowl. I think they're de- I think they they're the only ones that have because I I think Cleveland has the best defense. I think their defense is better than the Niners. I, their Cleveland's defense, it, as much as it makes me want to vomit in my mouth, <laughs> their defense is is so good. So I um yeah, I, they're the only ones I think that have a real shot to contain the the Ravens uh, offense. I think they're the only ones who could line up and hit him in the face back because really what happens is is the Ravens just they get that running game going mm-hmm. you know and their offensive line is pretty stout and they you know they they get it going and then all of a sudden they'll run a couple read options and then Lamar keeps one now he's got 12 yards and then now you know now your safety's coming down to get eight in the box you know now they run a play option off of that read option and now you know now your corners are left on islands by themselves, you know. And yeah. Once again, you can't just run up field to get Lamar. Because if you, if you don't keep contained, he's going to run on you. It's just they cause so many problems offensively for 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 people. So yeah. But but Cleveland, I agree. Cleveland is probably the only shot that the AFC has to take him down. Yep. Cool, man. So uh, I don't know if anyone's heard, but Cat uh, <laughs> Williams had some stuff to say. <laughs> Do tell. Oh, my God. If anyone, if you haven't listened to the podcast yet, uh, Shannon's, Shannon Sharp's thing is called, um, I think it's called Club Shay Shay or Club Shay. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. I had to, I I think, I I think it's Club Shay Shay. Don't matter the name. The name is stupid. (laughs) The podcast is amazing. Mm -hmm. Cat Williams just for two and a half hours. Nah, not two and a half hours. So I listened to the entire thing. Like, about an hour of it, they're talking about stuff about his upbringing. Like, oh, did you know that he that he moved out and was on his own at 13? That I did not know. Yeah, he, apparently, the way the, the story goes that his family was real religious, and apparently him and his dad got into an altercation to where it was made clear that, you know, they couldn't live together anymore. He didn't really have anything bad to say about his dad. He just said, hey, you know, it's his house, and the rules are the rules, and I wasn't going to live by him. So, yeah, and so he apparently, like, talked to some people at a truck stop, and they're like, yeah, Miami's cool because he's from Ohio. And he goes, cool. And so he just, like, got on a a bus and went to Miami. Like, he was, like, on the streets, and he was, like, working. He'd been working since he was, like, 13. He was, like, a salesman and stuff like that. And he did, uh, like, he did one stand-up. Like, he did, like, a, a stand-up bit when he was, like, 14 in Miami. Jesus. And then, I don't remember how he got going to the mid to the Midwest, but he eventually, like, go, went to, like, Oklahoma. And that's where he got his start, was, like, doing clubs in Oklahoma. And then he moved to California, and then he was doing clubs out there. Anyway. Yeah, I but, did not know about that. But, yeah, so he uh, apparently has some things to... I don't know if you call them conspiracy theories or not, but... Uh, <laughs> The the one the one big thing I think that a lot of people are talking about is him talking about P Diddy. Yes. Did you hear did you hear the P Diddy thing? I heard a little bit. So but I need to be filled in on it. So he was talking about how, you know, guys get offered money in the business. You know, like uh, rappers and such like that. And and his quote was he goes he goes, I've been offered fifty million dollars four times. And he goes, I had to turn it down all four times. 
so he so he could keep his butthole a virgin. Because <laughs> as he says, because P Diddy wants a body. So I, that that day, I decided to go down a little rabbit hole. And apparently, P Diddy, P Diddy likes to do a little thing, say taking people shopping. Mm. And apparently, that that's code for hey, we need to go shopping. I'm gonna buy you stuff, but then I'm gonna fuck you in the butt when we get done a little later. <laughs> It is a wild thing. The, there's a conspiracy right now that the whole Jamie Foxx thing, him getting sick, was P. Diddy trying to kill him. What? Because Jamie Foxx apparently had come... Because Jamie Foxx, back in the day before he was famous, he would go to those parties and he had the camcorder and he would record everything. And apparently he saw all the shit that happened at Puff Daddy's place at parties. And... The word is, so all these videos I'm watching, obviously this is all, you know, theory, you know, people speculating. Right. But apparently, like, at some point, recently, P. Diddy had said something to Jamie Foxx about, hey, I'm going to take you shopping. <laughs> and Jamie's like, that's not going to happen. And basically said, like, you know, I'll, I'll start talking if this is how this is going to be. And then, like, two weeks later, apparently, that's when, like, Jamie Foxx, like, got super sick. And that's why, and... People were always wondering, like, hey, why is everyone being so secretive about what's happening? Right. And apparently it's because, like, there was, like, police involvement. Like, apparently, like, four or five days after he's in the hospital, like, Jamie Foxx was doing interviews with the police. Uh. Like, there's, now that everything's done, you know, with him being in the hospital, they're now saying, like, oh, yeah, like, no, the police were there a bunch of times to take statements from him because they're doing an investigation on what happened. So, yeah, there's that whole thing. And then you go down the P. Diddy rabbit hole, man, they, they're talking about a lot of, like, rappers who, like, hung out with him or a lot of people in, in uh, the music business who hung out with him and, like, they would just cut ties with P. Diddy. Just wow. cut him. And they would never say anything about what happened. And a lot of people are speculating it's because that, he, that Diddy, like, records what happens. So he has, like, you know, has stuff on. Basically, he's, like, the music version of Epstein. <laughs> It was wild to go down that rabbit hole. And then uh, the other thing that was pretty, um, he says something how Joe Rogan doesn't ever want him on his show, but he's willing to push out a whole bunch of comics who've never been funny, which yeah. that, touched, that touched a lot of nerves because he's obviously talking about Segura and Burt Kreischer and Ari Shafir and mm-hmm. uh, Shane Gillis. Obviously, those those are the big four right there. Right. And I was like, I'm like I, I, I don't know if I'd say they've never been funny. Like, I'm 50 hefty on Shafir. Like, yeah. sometimes he's really funny to me. I feel like he... This is going to sound weird. I feel like he's a try-hard version of Jesselneck. I can see that, because yep. he does jokes similar, but sometimes he goes, like... He does those real risque jokes, mm-hmm. but, I mean, he goes way over the top. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, if, you know, his his followers, his fans love those ones, but... Like, the general public is just, like, not accepting of it. Yeah. But, like, I mean... But Sigourney and Kreischer... Yeah, hilarious. And Shane Gillis' last stand-up is hilarious. It's one of the funniest things. Because, I mean, I think most people only knew him from being the guy that was hired by SNL and fired two days later. <laughs> but, like, yeah, if you listen to his stand-up, it's... Br- like, the guy is great. Oh, he's so funny. Yeah. So, like, I... Listen, Cat Cat Williams is a legend. Let's let's not let's not shake it any other way than it is. The dude's a legend. The guy's been, you know, I mean, he was what he was Cat in the Hat. 
I don't know if you did. You ever see that his stamps like way back in the day, like Def Comedy Jam? I've seen some of them. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah he's cat and hat. Apparently, he got a cease and desist letter from Disney. <laughs> they were like, "Bro, you can't do that. You can't and, do that. You can't ruin the good name of Doctor Seuss, which is, you know, <laughs> the, you mean the guy who left his wife when she had cancer? You mean that guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't ruin that good name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I don't know on that one, I, but uh, I, I would, uh, I'd, I'd punch back a little bit on that one, say that. And it's funny because Rogan was like, it's funny. I've heard Rogan say nothing but good things about Cat Williams. How he loves Cat Williams. They even they played that bit. Do you ever see that bit when Cat was on a radio show and this big this big lady was trying to make fun of him and he was just tearing her apart. I haven't seen that, but I can only imagine. Oh, dude, he's like Cat is great at that. Dude, she she's tried like get in on him and he's just like. He, super calm and he's just like you know she says something about his hair and he's he's like listen you can't run your gnarled fingers through that i was just like damn so so much so apparently the lady's husband came down to the radio station after the interview and pulled a gun on cat <laughs> like that's the kind of beat down he put on her on the mm-hmm. radio but yeah uh you know to throw in real quick on the p diddy thing you know, like we had talked about once, the fact that the Tupac murder is basically solved. Right. Like, they still have some trials to do, but, you know, the guy confessed, like, hey, yeah, my nephew that got beat up in the casino is the one that shot him, because he called us, we loaded in the car, we drove down, we saw him hanging out the sunroof, that's how we knew it was him. We pulled up, you know, we caught up, pulled up to the light. And the guy that was in behind the driver's seat, he wanted him to shoot him because he had the best vantage point. He wouldn't do it, so they give to Anthony and or not. Uh, I always mix up that name. Anthony Anderson. <laughs> I always want to say Anthony Anderson. It's whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know his name. Yeah. So um, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, it's like we couldn't remember. Uh, uh, God damn it! I forgot his name again. Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright. Fuck. <laughs> I swear I haven't smoked today. <laughs> I was about to say, I only put a little bit of dough ball in that. That wasn't, there was more coffee than dough ball in that. <laughs> but yeah, like, to have that solved, but the guy that is going on trial because he gave the gun and he's mm-hmm. kind of doing accessory to murder kind of yeah. thing, like, he's pointing out that uh, Diddy offered him a million dollars to take out Tupac. And oh. it's like one of those, like, he's confessing to everything and then he throws that in. It's like, you know, you don't know how much truth there is. But when you start, you know, hearing all these stories about Diddy and everything, you're like, you know, that's not out of the realm of possibility now. Oh, yeah. Um, I I don't think they're very credible reports, but there have been some people who say that they think that Diddy was a part of the of the Biggie murders. Yeah. You know, just so that he, cause, that he could, you know, take over and be, and be the big name. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe that quite as much. I, I think those guys were, were super tight. Yeah. I don't think he did it, but you never know. I mean, hey, listen, this dude apparently is taking people shopping. so Right. So it's like, it wouldn't put the path. Like, if I had to place all my money on one side, I would say, like, he had nothing to do with the biggie one. Yeah. But it's one of those, well, tragic, and I'm sure that really hurt him. He sure, like, became the name after that. Like, he took advantage of the situation. Oh, yeah. I don't so. think he, you know, wanted that to happen, but it's one of those... You get put in a position where you're like, well, now I can be the big name. Yep. You know, why not? Yeah, so so if you, you ever get a chance, you should definitely listen to it. It's, well, I want to uh, hear that because the Jamie Foxx thing is interesting because 
that was the thing is yeah they would not and i always thought that was interesting like why is this you know why is it just not being talked about like and then when he came out people are like why is he so secretive about whatever uh, medical issue what it was because yeah, there was a ton of people that were talking about like it was like a complications from the jab and stuff like that and yeah it, apparently it was a jab that the, <laughs> just not the jab they were thinking yeah just of. just the wrong jab yeah so uh it, the, it's quite this a rabbit hole fix your COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it's a wild ride to go down that this whole week uh when i've been uh i've been listening to just tons of conspiracy stuff this week just you know sometimes you get like started like on the youtube rabbit hole and it just kind of spirals from one thing to another oh yeah yeah i know it was the it started off this week with that and then there's this one uh youtuber he does he does some like just like weird stuff just like um his one video series he has it's called lost media and it's all stories about where they know there's videotape or footage of what happened, but no one will ever see it. And it's like, one of them is, um, there was a lady in like the 70s, she was a news reporter, and she apparently was getting really tired of like how in the 70s it was all becoming about, the news was about, you know, murders and rapes and stuff like that, and they weren't reporting on anything else. And apparently one day she'd had enough, and as she was doing the news story, she brought her own copy on, and then she was like, you know, and today uh, on our blood and guts, you know, reporting, you're going to see the first ever televised oh, suicide. I've seen clips of that. Yeah. And so apparently she pulls out a gun and shoots herself. Yeah. And uh, that apparently that so no one no one has ever found a copy of the actual there is audio of it. There, the audio of it, but you can't find any of the video because apparently the only cassette recording of it was like the guy who owned the news station or, or the producer he kept it for however many years he died and it was in an estate and then his wife like gave it to some like uh, some video archiver and like he released the, the audio but he's never released the video to it okay and so this guy this guy goes through like just tons of stories like that where like there's something like like wow like there, the one that was really weird it was like there was this show in Miami and it was like on a, it was like their PBS, and it was like there was like this kid show. I'm sorry, it was like a, it was like a Christian, like kid show. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so and like there was something like seven seasons of it, you know, twenty. There was like 170, 180 episodes of it, and you can't find, you can't find any of them anymore. You could find clips of certain segments. On the show, there was a regular there, and he was, like, the puppet guy. And he always had these little puppets or whatever, <laughs> like a ventriloquist. And then when the show got canceled, he moved to, like, Colorado. As you could probably tell when I'm talking about Christian and church, he apparently ended up being a horrific child molester. <laughs> and, like, he, like, he's... I don't know if he's still in jail or if he died in jail, but he, like, got, like, several life sentences. And, like, because of that, like, um, there used to be, like, an archive of all those videos from that show. They got rid of all of them. Like, just so he'll never be, so you can't ever see him again. <laughs> but, start off with that. By the way, that guy, there, if you ever get a chance, um, there's a lot of uh, people have dash cam photo, uh, dash cam videos of stuff. Uh, I think that is 
fascinating to see like dash cam just like a random stuff yeah like the one that i thought was the craziest one was there's a dash cam on a fire truck when like uh four years ago i think it was four or five years ago when there was the real bad fires in california oh yeah they had a fire truck that was like responding to like you know they were going out there and apparently the fire like engulfed them from behind so they had to go they had to go forward kind of straight to get out of there but the fire was also coming in front of them and the last like minute is them driving through a fire to get out of it. And there's this fire everywhere. There's trees falling all around them. They barely get out. Wow. And you just hear them. They're like, dude, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And, like, there's, like, there's another, like, truck in front of them. And they're, like, they're honking to, like, get moving and stuff like that. It is a crazy video. Wow. That and my other favorite one was, like, there was, like, somewhere, like, it'd be like if you're driving out in Queen Creek. You know, like, not, like, totally rural, but kind of rural. Yeah. And they come up to, like, this, like, you know, uh, four-way stop. So there's a car in front of the of the car that has a dash cam. So they come to the four-way stop. The car in front of them stops, and all of a sudden, it's in the middle of a storm. Three lightning strikes hit the car in front of them, and you just see the car just all the lights just go out. No one's hurt inside, but like the car got totaled because it completely fried the electronics. <laughs> the tires got blown out because that's where the like, that's where the lightning exits right through the right through the tires. But anyway. Super cool videos to watch. There's a lot of cool stuff there. They had some storm chasers, stuff oh, like that, God. like when they're like in the middle of storms and they barely get out. Jesus. But yeah, I went to that and then went to uh, AI conspiracies and <laughs> alien. It's, it's been a conspiracy week. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's been interesting. It's, it's funny when you kind of like go down the rabbit hole and you see what people spend their time on. Yeah. Because like there's, I mean, a lot of these. Uh, there's one there's one really good channel it was called the Y Files like W-H-Y Y Files and like he has some stuff that's like really out there but then he has a lot of stuff that you're like yeah, that sounds actually fairly reasonable but he has uh, a lot of cool stuff his videos are like 40 minutes long so I can only imagine the amount wow. of time it takes to put those together yeah but yeah it's been that kind of week this week so <laughs> yeah I know I sent you the thing about the the AI uh, mm-hmm. I'll uh if anyone who's terrified about AI, you may not want to hear this. <laughs> so, while the U.S. government has denied this happened, which means you know it 100% actually did happen, yep. uh, an Air Force colonel, apparently at some sort of conference, let it slip that they ran a simulation where they had an AI-enabled drone in the simulation. And the way it was set up was this. The drone, it was supposed to, its main goal was to accumulate as many points as possible. And it got points by doing two things. It got points by identifying targets and then points for eliminating targets. And the way the simulation was set up is that the drone would identify a target. A human would either say yes or no. And if it said yes, then the drone would have to eliminate the target. Well, the drone figured out eventually that the human was getting in the way of them getting points. And so in the simulation, the drone eliminated the human operator. <laughs> I was like... Well, that's that's good news. Yeah, <laughs> that's uplifting. Great, great job on yeah putting and, that technology. Yeah, to like use. and then we found out that uh, as I was just listening to more things, like Boston Dynamics has made like one of those dog robots with a sniper rifle. I hate those things. Why would you do that? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. They're like, oh well, pretty soon it'll be able to engage targets at three quarters of a mile. Yeah, I'm like, that sounds like a terrible idea. Have you ever seen a documentary series called The Terminator? 
You know this whole thing, Skynet? Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but we've already discussed this before. It's probably not the greatest idea, so... Uh, yeah, it's been that kind of week. It's been... Uh, Ugh. <laughs> aliens and all sorts of stuff. Uh, the, the Atlantis stuff is really fascinating. That's... Especially where you were telling me about the... Uh, was it the Bahamas? Yeah, so in, um, in the Bahamas... There's something there called the Bimini Road. And I, I feel like it's like 200 feet underwater. They found this completely straight, what looks to be man-made structure, about 200 feet underwater. And it's like this, this it's basically just like a road, like almost like what you would consider like a runway for something. Yeah. And it's completely underwater in the and right near the Bahamas. And so for people who don't know, about 12,000 years ago, at the end of the Youngest Younger Dryas era, the, a lot of the polar caps melted and the seas rose about three or four hundred feet so a lot of stuff that used to be shoreline is underwater now from twelve thousand years ago and so they part of what the theory on that is is that the bahamas used to be a lot bigger there used to be a lot more landmass there and then that road just happened to be a random road between cities or towns or whatever because while modern archaeology says that civilization has been around for six thousand years there's plenty of evidence that there's way more older civilizations than that that had you know buildings and structures and things you know engineering and astronomy you know 12,000 years ago yeah you know because the sphinx you know i think recently they they used to think the sphinx was what like 4,000 years old and now they've there's a couple couple people think it's closer to 10,000 or 11,000 years old they I think they're finding on what, when they were allowed to look at the Sphinx, because now they don't allow a lot of people to go there. Like, Egypt has uh, kind of cut off the access for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. The last couple of people there were looking at the erosion on the Sphinx, and people used to think it was wind erosion, and they look at it as, no, this is water erosion. <laughs> Which would put it uh, at about the time when the Young Adrias did flood. Because, you know, if you look at every old religion, every religion... All of them have a flood myth. Every single one of them have a flood myth. At some point, like, there was probably a flood. And we do know from the Young Adrias that there was unnaturally large flood levels at the time when the uh, the polar caps melted back then. Yeah. So there's probably some truth to it. And, you know, when it comes to Atlantis, I know we were talking about this. The There's the Richark, the Rickhark structure in... It's in Africa. I always forget. Like I always forget what the name of the of the country is. But they have that giant structure there where they think that's where Atlantis was, and it has tons of evidence of flooding and water erosion all around there, where in a spot you don't think it should be. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's fun to watch that stuff because I mean, at some point, you know, when there's enough people that have stories about a flood, or stories about Atlantis, or you know, things like that. You know, maybe Atlantis wasn't what Plato said it was. You know, like this huge sprawling civilization with super advanced technology. But who says there couldn't have been a major, you know, a major civilization that got wiped out because it was on the wrong side, you know, of a, of a flood event. Right. I mean, you see tsunamis now that are, you know, 10 or 20 feet tsunamis that completely devastate countries. Now imagine what a, what a 50 or 60 foot, you know, tsunami could do. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's, it's interesting to just to listen to all that. I mean, I love it. Like, you know, it's like half like I want it to be true. Mm-hmm. And half like it's just interesting to listen to people talk about it. Because 
there's nothing that irritates me more than scientists who refuse to science. <laughs> like nothing, nothing irritates me more than that. Like I, the the dumbest thing that, that I can hear is people say, "Well, just trust the science." Yeah. Well, that's not what science is. Trusting the science is not what science is. People. Yeah. Like, like listen, there there are points when you can follow the science, but to just completely and blindly follow science, that's not science because you're supposed to question it and see if you can find <laughs> holes in theories or if you can find better ways to do things or or real truth. Mm-hmm. And just thinking that you know, because a lot of these archaeologists, you know, they have grants from universities, and if they're wrong, you know, their grants can be taken away. That's why they hold so steadfast to this stuff. Yeah. Instead of being like, well, you know what, with the with the evidence that I had when I made this, when I said this, this is what it said. You've brought me new evidence. It's time for, for time for everyone to now reevaluate and to see, you know, maybe there's maybe there's an updated truth. Because yeah, there were, like, I would say the most recent civilization was six thousand years ago. That's when you see uh, ancient Sumer and things like that pop up around them, but. The idea that there couldn't have been humans that lived twelve or fifteen thousand years ago that could build stone structures is is asinine. Like, why couldn't they do it? It's not like right. you know. I'm not saying that they had anti gravity machines. You know, you know, like some people say, but yeah, to say that they aliens. Yeah, like to say like people, because like the difference between twelve and six thousand years is so is so minuscule in like the scope of the universe. To think that people 6,000 years ago from back then, how people 6,000 years ago could could build things like the Sphinx and the, you know, build the, you know, the structures of ancient Sumer and things like that. But people 12,000 years ago, you know, couldn't, you know, stack three stones on top of each other. Like, that, that doesn't track, mm-hmm. you know, so. But that's my rant on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my highly educated rant from a week full of just listening to nothing but conspiracy videos. It's been a good week. <laughs> it's been a good week. Listen, I still believe that we landed on the moon. Like, like I still believe that. Yeah. It, I haven't watched the video yet, but there is a video that says that uh, it was titled like a uh, moon landing. Um, oh my God, who's the director for uh, 2001? Oh, I've heard that conspiracy. Yeah. Oh my God, Kubrick. Yeah, yeah, Stanley it's like, Kubrick. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, you know, Stanley Kubrick is the moon landing is his best movie ever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I've heard that conspiracy. I guess I haven't heard an in depth of like why exactly they put. You know, they have him on that, but that would be an interesting one to hear. I, I mean, I'm going to listen to it just because I love anti moon landing people. Yeah, I love that because <laughs> it's. Like I get why people want to believe it because like it's, it's one of those that it's easy to hold on to. The moon is it's so easy far to away. hold on to, and there's a lot of reasons why we would have done that. Oh yeah, for sure. But like the the big one for me is that like you to this day, if you have a sufficiently powered laser, and you know where to look, you can fire off a laser to the moon, and it'll hit one of the mirrors like mirrors up there, and it'll reflect back into you. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know if people watch the, uh, there's an episode of the Big, Big Bang, Bang Theory, Theory yeah. where they do that. But yeah, it's like a, that's a common thing that, that, you know, astronomers do. Yeah. So it's, like I said, it's fun to listen to. It's, it's not my favorite thing to listen to. Like, my, listen, all the Area 51 stuff is, that's, that's the, that's the, the real, <laughs> that's the real cheese right there. That's the, especially when they thought it was an S4, S4 mm-hmm. is the. S4 was Bob Lazar's Bob area. Bob Lazar's area, yeah. The, um, it, it's funny that when you 
when you start to listen to like all of the different people like who were there and like how a lot of these a lot it's funny how a lot of the the whistleblowers like don't agree with each other yeah you know uh which i'm not sure if that's like that's a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> or like there was a a uh, in a video there's a great quote it was like there was a guy who was former cia and he was whistleblowing on uh, i think on uh, uaps i think something you know and then the cia came out and it was like no he never he was never in charge of this and it was like well you have an intelligence officer saying he did and you have an intelligence agency saying he did he didn't which one do you believe? <laughs> yeah. It's like, they're both very well versed in misinformation. <laughs> so. Even Bob Lazar, when they come out, oh, he's never been to these schools. Well, here's some, you know, paperwork that shows he was definitely there. Yeah. The, the one thing that I really about, like about Lazar is he never goes off the rails into, like, when people ask him things like, like, oh, did you ever work with aliens? He's like, nah, I, 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 I never saw an alien. Yeah. Like, you know, like, he never, like, and he won't like um, he. He doesn't. He, his story has never changed. Never changed. You know. And what he doesn't do is he never really. I don't really ever hear him like speculate. Yeah. Like I never work with aliens, but I you know there's never like a but like someone I know said something. You know he never yeah. ever like ventures off into that. He always just talks about what he did and what he saw. Like. That's what. That's what I think is always is really interesting about him and like I said it's, it hasn't changed since the 80s mm-hmm. and then when they discovered the element that he was talking about like element 1 115 115 yeah, initially they were like yeah we don't have no one has element yeah, 115 that's not a thing that's not a thing and then, and like, then was it 2014 it they're became like, official they're like hey guess what element yeah. we have hey guess what we just discovered <laughs> it totally wasn't around since the 80s yeah right like listen what the, the SR-71 was developed in the, what the 60s Mm-hmm. And then what released in the eighties? I mean, yeah, timeline tracks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that AI stuff, the Chinese apparently have uh, are training uh, fighter jets with the AI. Oh, good. Yeah. Nothing isn't, bad will come of that. Isn't there another movie that told us why that's bad? Stealth, right? Yeah. Speaking of Jamie Fox. <laughs> what P Diddy calls him. <laughs> Can't get a hold of him. P yeah. Diddy is like. You want to do a sex scene from Stealth? Oh, jeez. Right up the gas hole. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful callback. <laughs> that's amazing. But yeah. Uh, fun stuff. It's been, I think one of these, uh, when I get done, I'm just going to compile a list of all of them. I think we'll have to talk about it because there's, it's, it's super interesting just to, the amount of just, it's like, you know, Alex Jones. Like, I don't know if you ever listened to Alex Jones before. Have you ever listened to an entire episode of one of his? Not an entire episode. I'll listen it's to hard. snippets. Yeah. It's hard to listen to him for three hours go on about hybrids and making the frogs gay and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> You're going to be honest. I'm kind of retarded. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the weird thing about Alex Jones is, like, the, the, the more time that passes, the more stuff that he talks about it is true. Yeah. I mean... The whole Bohemian Grove thing is just wild. That's, uh, like, eventually one day, I feel like that's going to get opened up. And it's going to be like, what the fuck was going on there? (laughs) The fact that, you know, some of the things he said, and then, you know, they've been out there and they've video recorded things, and it's like, oh, like, 
Yeah, and that's exactly right. With all the things he says, like, as time goes on, it's like, shit, he's right on a lot of these. Yeah. He like, was, he's making a lot of people eat crow on that one. Dude, the, that one... You ever seen, like, later on after he busted in, and then he, like, corners people yeah. who were there, and they're just, like, they are absolutely don't want to talk about it. They're like, I... And then, like, he, he cornered one guy, and he was like, yeah, you weren't supposed to be there. You weren't invited, from I remember. And, like, he tried to turn it into a whole, like, Alex Jones broke onto the... Broke in, which, I mean, he did, but... Right. But, like, didn't want to talk about anything else. I mean, I get it. Like, it's just a little weird. Right, it's a little weird. I'm sure there's harsh punishments for anyone that talks about it. Oh, yeah. I mean... I, I can only imagine what's gonna what's gonna happen in the next coming months as more and more of like the Epstein list stuff comes out. I mean, this last week has been wild with the memes with Stephen Hawking. Those have been <laughs> golden. Those are kind of like I, I haven't enjoyed this much since the uh, Titanic submersible. <laughs> Those memes were golden, and now the yeah the memes and the quick TikTok videos. Yeah, for uh, Stephen Hawking has been amazing. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because like he was a part. It wasn't just him that went to that island. It was like it was some sort of like conference that was there. Right. It was like him and like thirty five other of like the world's like best physicists were there. So like you know, it's it's funny to like it's funny to be like, oh, he was there for the underage girls. Like of all the people that went to the island, I'm gonna bet that he was probably there for the conference. Yeah, it's just. Hey, we're gonna go to this really cool, you know, like tropical island to have a conference about stars and stuff. And he's probably like, "Cool, I'll see you there." Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's fun to speculate though. Like, there is something that was said about like midgets with him and something, right? Though. Yeah. Like, supposedly, is... like he participated in orgies, and the other thing was wait, he... wait, wait, wait. I have not heard. I just yeah. Oh, okay. You got that you underage me girls in. were he participated in underage girls with orgies, and I'm like. Is it how? Ha- yeah, that that was my thing was how, but apparently the other thing was, uh, supposedly, and it's one of those I zero have zero percent belief in. But the story goes is that they had midgets there, and I think they were naked too, if I recall. But they were he enjoyed them trying to solve problems or like riddles or whatnot. Apparently that was, I don't know, that made him tap his keyboard harder. Or I mean, you don't want to get, you know, too many conspiracies on him, but I feel like he was acting suspicious, you know, being that he always looks over his shoulder. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't hear about the, like, because, like, participated how in the orgies. Like, the dude couldn't move. Like, I don't know right. what, like, um, I don't know. Like, he was putting in the least amount of effort in that orgy. <laughs> For sure. Just I feel like wh- he was the biscuit. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, he, he has... No- <laughs> <laughs> I would like to leave. I would like to leave. <laughs> like, it's this, like, it, it's only, this year is only going to get weirder, I think. Yeah. Because, like, I, I'll be real, I never thought they were going to release the names. And, no. And here's the thing. Here's why I don't think I ever thought, because of this right here exactly, like, Let's be real. Like I said, Hawking was there for a conference, and that's it. And the problem is that because of the stigma of the island, any name that pops up on there, you know, is is going to instantly be linked to that. When let's just say let's say let's say fifty fifty. Let's say fifty percent of the people went to that island 
for underage stuff. Mm-hmm. And 50% went there for completely legitimate reasons. Yeah. Right? Like, it, like I said, I would willing to be bet that Stephen Hawking's there for a legitimate reason. But, right. you know, it's funny that he goes there for a reason. But, like, if Jimmy Kimmel's name is on there, like, he, he's fucking 14-year-olds. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and supposedly one of the victims, you know, when they asked about Clinton, says, well, I've heard Epstein say that he likes him young. And yeah. Like, I completely, like, if you want to, if, if I had to pick out of the list, like, who, you know, was fucking underage girls, it's Bill Clinton. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, that's the one I'm taking. His his name was on the list. Or has, his, has his name been on the list of... 73 times it was mentioned on the list. I'm sorry, what? 73 times 73 times. According to the report, it was on there. And Trump was four times. And apparently it was phone calls. One was talking about how Epstein was going to be in New York and wanted to stay at the Trump Tower. So he was contacting Trump about getting a spot. That was one of the conversations. And that's the thing, too, is once the list came out, and it's like, yeah, Trump had contact with Epstein, but there's no, there was no good dirt on him. Oh, wow. Yeah, I he, bet the Democrats hated that. Oh, yeah. Instantly, they're like, well, I mean, he's... It, they went back to the old, well, he's still a jerk. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, he may be a jerk, but, you know, listen. Yeah. He could put all the mean tweets he wants, just keep that gas under two bucks. Yeah, and let's be real. If, let's say Trump wasn't, like, if it came out, like, if they released, like, a brand new thing, if you know, because obviously they're just going to release stuff. Like, that's not the that's not the end of it, right? They have more stuff that's coming out. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that was just the beginning, which I forget how many names were on there, but there were three names that apparently remained sealed. Which, oh, yeah? Which one, I believe everyone's like, oh, that's Prince Andrew. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Prince Andrew. You just look at that guy and you're like, yeah, I get it. I, I haven't read it. I would, if if her name wasn't on the ones that was released, I'd bet you another sealed name would be Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah. Was her name released or was it? Uh, I don't think her name was listed on there. Man. Could have been one of the sealed names. I was but... like, if if her name never pops up, it's absolutely one of the sealed names for sure. One hundred percent, she was going there too and doing some doing some stuff. Yeah. I mean, her name is has been linked to like that Adrenochrome stuff. I don't know if you've heard about that or not. The... Well, I've heard about the whole PizzaGate. Yeah, like she she's been. I like I said it it would be impossible for her name not to show up if Trump's name shows up because of phone calls. Zero percent that her name doesn't show up somehow, somewhere. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'll be interested. Like, well, I mean, I just want to see how the whole thing just plays out. And just, but yeah, Pr- Chris Andrew, I-, I wonder how they're going to handle that because everyone knows, right? Like, you can't like you can't release all these names and all of a sudden his not be there because mm-hmm. that's going to do one hundred percent the opposite effect you want it to do. Because everyone's going to... Let's just say they, they do two more rounds of releasing stuff, right? All right, here's everything. And his yeah. name is never mentioned, not once. And then it comes out, there's a couple sealed names. Okay, why? Right. Why is he right. so special that his is yeah. blacked out? Yeah. Well, people... It's always funny when they talk about like the world's like richest people and, and stuff like that. And uh, It's always like when people are in the know when it comes to rich people, they're like, yeah, like... Yeah, Elon Musk has a bunch of money, and um, Amazon. Uh, fuck is his name? Bezos. Bezos has a lot of money. You know, you you haven't even come close to money yet when you're talking about the royal family. 
Yes. Like how much money they have and like how much money the, the royal families like in the Middle East have. Mm-hmm. Like because they don't have to disclose how much money they have, especially the royal family in, in England doesn't have to. Right. Like he's like, that's where I'm not saying that like, you know, I'm not saying one hundred and forty billion dollars is not real money. But they when they they people talk about the royal family having money that just literally dwarfs what it, Musk has. You know what I mean? It's, it's insane. Just, it was just in insanity. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be interested to see. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting year, I think. It's gonna I mean, be a great. Well, we are in an election year. We are. In an God election. knows what's gonna happen. Oh, dude, it's. Like I said, it's already started off great. Cat Williams started off started us off pretty well, <laughs> talking about diddy fucking dudes in the b-hole. Yeah. Diddy fucking dudes in the b-hole. The Browns in the playoffs. It's crazy times. <laughs> that the Browns and the Lions. Browns and the Lions. And we have them winning a game in the playoffs. Yeah, both of them. <laughs> there is an actual probability that you could have a Lions Browns Super Bowl. It won't happen, but the fact that they're both in. If the Lions and the Browns make the Super Bowl, I'm going to start building, like, a fallout shelter here somewhere. Because <laughs> that, that would just be, that's like, I feel like that's like a, that's like one of those scrolls that, like, you know, tells about, like, the end of times. Mm-hmm. Like, there's probably, like, a brown helmet and a lion, like, facing <laughs> off. And it's like, when this happens, hide your asses. Yeah. <laughs> Get in a fallout shelter. Tell the yeah. loved ones, hey, we had a good run. Yeah, <laughs> a good run. <laughs> Cool, cool, man. All right, well, that cigar was excellent. That uh, went well with the coffee, so. Ah, uh, that was a good combo. Yeah, the coffee was legit. This uh, Weber grill right next to us is definitely, uh, it's like how it heated up the space a little bit. <laughs> it worked wonders. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, cool, man. All right, sir. All right. Cheers. Well, cheers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>